Hi, I'm Becky. I'm an instructional designer at Great Falls College and an adjunct faculty member. And my name is Wayne, and I am the instructional technologist uh, here at Great Falls College. And I'm Mandy, and I'm an English faculty and the director of assessment and faculty development. And this is the two-year Teaching in Tech podcast. In each episode, we share tips and best practices for teaching in person and online, as well as how to effectively use instructional technology. So Wayne and Becky, I've been trying to figure out the best way to caption my videos for my classes. I was hoping you guys could tell me a little bit more today about why captioning matters and what are some good ways to go about that. Well, absolutely, Mandy. I'll go ahead and start with talking about why captioning is so important. Number one, it's the law. Um, the American with Disabilities Act actually addresses equal education for everybody, and in Title II of that law, it actually prohibits disability discrimination by all public enemies, and that which includes all schools regardless of whether or not they receive federal funds. So by law, we have to caption everything. We have to make that available to all of our students out there. In addition to just meeting the legal requirements of that, there actually are some really good benefits for captioning that will benefit your classroom. One of the big things is that by captioning all of your videos, that makes them searchable via the transcript for the students. So if a student is actually going through something and watching a video on there and there was just a specific part of that video that they want more information about, they can search via the transcript to find that information. Um, and another reason, um, search engines can actually read and index the content in your videos if they are closed captioned. So that just makes that more accessible to any people out on the internet. A lot of people think captioning is really only for the hard of hearing, but it's not. Something people need to keep in mind is that everybody has a different learning style. And so when we create instructional material, we need to address all those different learning styles. And by captioning, we are benefiting more than just those students with a hearing impairment. It also helps our ESL students, um, English as a second language, by being able to read the words that are being on the screen in addition to hearing them. That just gives them a little bit more comprehension. And aside from the English as a second language, for someone who's trying to learn Another language, having those captioned really helps them be able to see the spelling and how the word looks and hear how that word is. So it really does aid in the retention of the information that the students are getting. It also really helps with their concentration and, and brings some engagement in for them. Um, and also having those words on those videos just with anyone helps with those struggling readers because it's giving more exposure to written words, which helps our audio and um, visual thinkers alike. And having those captioned also makes them more available at more times. Because if you think about trying to watch a video and you're in a loud environment of some <laughs> sort, having the captions on really makes that much easier to watch. And I can honestly say, I am um, personally, even just watching Netflix, I always have my captions on because it never fails. I miss something and or I mishear a word. So as long as I can see it on the screen, it really, I, I have no hearing problems, but having videos captioned 
even helps me understand what I'm watching mm-hmm. better. So, so those really are the important reasons that we need to caption our videos. Well, one statistic that I found um, as well in, in doing a little bit of research uh, for this was that 80% of people who use captions aren't deaf or hard of hearing. Um, so while it is incredibly important um, to meet ADA uh, compliance guidelines, you know, it is also good for all of those other reasons. You know, one example that I saw was people who might be watching lecture videos while they are, you know, I mean, on a train, you know, like a subway or something, yeah. you know, where they might not be able to, to hear it. Um, you know, they can they can read that text. So there, there are a lot of reasons why it's a really good idea, Mandy. That totally makes sense. I, I've had some students who I know have benefited from captioning and they were not deaf or hard of hearing, but they, I had one student who was a, who had a processing disorder and it was really helpful for him to both hear and see the words. So I, I can see why that would be important. I guess one thing that I'm wondering about though, is the, the time that it takes and also the accuracy. So I have recorded videos and just had whatever I was using to record them, caption them. And, and sometimes I've had some really bad luck with the accuracy of the captions. And then I've needed to go back through and correct them. And that's really time consuming. So I was wondering if you guys could tell me about some options for captioning and how how that all can work a little bit more effectively than what I've been doing. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think I think everybody's familiar with like YouTube's captioning and um, how it's it's sometimes great and sometimes it's not. Um, but, you know, you get what you pay for, really. So um, so I don't think we can complain too much about it. But I think that's, you know, where a lot of people's experience with like automated captioning comes in is that, you know, they expect that it might be as good as YouTube, you know, and not better. Um, so that being said, there are several, there are a few different kinds of um, captioning services. Uh, so there's the automated captioning that you're familiar with, with like YouTube um, and other services. And then there is um, uh, machine generated. So those are um, machine generated captions. And then there's human generated captions where there is somebody who is physically typing out everything that you've said in that video. Um, And then there are some services that are a hybrid of both. Um, So it's machine generated and then somebody is checking it and fixing things that are obviously wrong. Um, Hopefully, you know, cutting down the amount of time it takes you to edit, um, uh, you know, edit those captions. So, but with that, you know, comes along um, a price difference that's pretty, pretty drastic. Um, So the machine generated, you know, is anywhere from free on something like YouTube to um, services that are, you know, maybe 15 cents a minute um, or 25 cents a minute. And then some of those services where it's a human generating those captions um, can be like up to $15 a minute. and some of those things are like live captioning as well, where they're doing it, you know, typing that out live. Um, so there, there are some things to consider there as far as what kind of service you might want to use. Uh, and something else that kind of goes along with that is the turnaround time. So it takes longer for a human 
to type out your words than it does for a computer to try to recognize them um, and, and spit those out. So you've got this time issue. Uh, how quickly do you need those captions? How much are you willing to pay for that? Um, and then the ease of use, you know, is the other one. How easy is it for you to edit them uh, after the fact if, if you need to? Um, and so those are some things that you want to consider, I think, when you're looking at the types of services that, that do captioning. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So what's the difference between um, regular captioning and live captioning? You mentioned live captioning. What's that about? Sure. Um, well, so there's there's actually there's technically three types of um, captioning and how they appear. So um, you know, a moment ago I was talking about the types, how the captions are created um, through those captioning services, but how those captions are delivered to the audience. There's there's really three kinds. Um, there's open captioning. Um, open captioning means that the captions are embedded in a pre-recorded video. So they're there for everyone. You don't have to click a button to turn them on. They're just always there. Um, as opposed to closed captioning, which is what we're typically used to with things like YouTube um, and, and Vimeo and, and sites like that, in that um, if captions are available, you'll see a button. And if you click that button, then you see those captions. Um, and uh, I don't really understand, I guess, fully the reason why one is called open and one is closed. Um, but the open captions are open. They're just always there. I guess that's the difference. Um, and then live captioning would be, you know, if you're, let's say, streaming an event, um, like to use something relevant to a college campus, if you're maybe streaming a commencement um, ceremony, um, that's something where you might be paying for someone or a company to live caption that event. So somebody is either a machine or a human or both are... Um, are creating those captions as the words are spoken for that live stream. Okay, that makes sense. So if I don't want to just use the YouTube captioning, um, what are some of my other options? Well, um, again, you would want to do some research on, you know, uh, you know, comparing some of these, these things, like how long it's going to take to get them back and how much you're willing or your campus is willing or whoever's paying for it um, is willing to spend on that, on that service. So um, I think the le least expensive I've found for machine-generated captions, um, there were two. One is um, Temi, T-E-M-I, which I've used before. Um, and it, it's, it's pretty good. That one, I think, is uh, about... 25 cents a minute um, and it's but it's machine generated um, the 25 cents a minute they're charging a little more than the other one I'm going to tell you about but the reason for that is because once the captions are generated you can log it back into that website and edit them in the website um, and so that's where I you know I was talking about the ease of editing the captions after they're created that's kind of where that comes in you know can you edit them in an interface before you export them to use them, to, you know, to attach them to your video. Um, so something like uh, Temi allows you to do that. Um, and then uh, like another one that's related to Temi, it's the same, same company, is um, Rev.ai, not to be confused with Rev.com, which is another thing that we'll talk about, but Rev.ai <laughs> is a machine-generated captioning service, um, and it's it's all it's Tammy. It's the same company, um, but the difference is that 
you're paying less because you're ha you're getting less features. Um, you upload your video or audio, it captions it for about, I think that one's about 15 cents a minute, um, but there's no interface to edit those captions. So if you are going to edit them, you're going to be editing them in a text file after they're completed. So that's kind okay. of a user, you know, how tech savvy are you, Mandy? Are you willing to look? And a caption file isn't just a text file. It's a file that has a timestamp, like a start time and an end time for that phrase, you know, for when it's going to appear in the video, and then the text, and then the next timestamp, and then the text, and so on and so forth. So um, it's not difficult to edit. You just have to make sure that you know kind of what you're doing, that you save it back to that same file format, um, and that you're not trying to open it with something like Word. You're going to open it with something that is just a note, like notepad, like just a text editor. So if you had to open up um, one of the caption file formats and you opened it in just a text editor, you could save it in that same format again, correct? Yes, as long as you make sure you're not changing the format. Um, and we'll talk okay. about formats in a, in a moment, but, um, but yeah, that you want to make sure that you're saving it back to that same format. And some, some applications that I can't name right now, but I do know there are some, that might open it, and when you save it, try to save it to their format, you know, and, and not in that original format, and that might be a problem for you. So if that is something you didn't feel comfortable with, you may wanna choose a, a service that you pay a little bit more, but you have the option of editing before you export. Wayne, I okay. have a question. Yeah. I'm wondering, so we're looking at this from an education perspective. Sure. And so if we look at our science classes or health sciences, biology, chemistry, things like that, use some pretty complicated terminology. Sure. So would you recommend that live captioning would be more accurate for that terminology? Or we're well, gonna pay a lot more for live captioning. Or, I'm sorry, human, not live, human I mean human generated. Oh, yes, okay. thank you. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> there is a distinction there. Yes. So um uh, it, it could be beneficial, but again, you're paying significantly more for human-generated captioning. Um, and I should also mention, with human-generated, you're typically also paying uh, a different price based on how quickly you want it back. So they, they'll usually have like a three-tiered system where if you need it back within 72 hours, you pay less than if you need it back in 24 hours. Um, but you are probably waiting at least a day for human-generated oh. captions. Um, so yeah, I mean that is that is a consideration. There there are some machine generated services or services that generate machine generated captions that um, use a better algorithm than YouTube. You know that that they Google does so much. You know yeah. that that's that's kind of a minor thing for them. But there are some companies that have tweaked the algorithms a little bit to get better results with terminology. Um, one service that I've had um, pretty good results with terminology was um, a service called Trint, T-R-I-N-T. Um, and so it's one that you're, you're paying for machine-generated captions. Um, you have the option of editing in their interface, so you do have that benefit. Um, it's not perfect, but in the, the little bit that I've used it and tested it, um, the, the uh, terminology and jargon was, was actually pretty good. It picked it up pretty well. Does that help? I, it does. I have one other question. So say we use Trent. Say a person were to use Trent and 
and they were to get their machine generated and they needed to go in and make those edits, are they going to need any special software to complete those edits in or is no pad? I mean, is it still a situation where you're still going to need to be pretty tech savvy to make those changes or is there a better way where when you receive those back, it's an easy way for a maybe not as tech savvy person to go in and make those changes? Uh, I would say, generally speaking, the less tech savvy you feel about this topic, because you may be savvy with, you know, Word and Excel, but that doesn't mean that you feel comfortable with this. So um, I would say generally the less savvy you feel or you know, confident you feel about this subject specifically, the more likely it is that you probably want to pay something, use something you pay a little bit more for. Um, Trends is not, they're cheap when compared to human-generated caption services, uh, but they're more expensive than some of the other ones you know, that we mentioned. But uh, as, to answer your question, they, the, what you're getting when you pay that higher premium is you're getting the ability to edit the captions in their interface before you export them. Oh. So you, you have a nice interface, web-based. Uh, you just log into your account and you know, click on the one that you want to edit and you edit it right there on that web page. Okay, okay. That yeah. sounds that sounds like it would be a, a nice mid option for people who aren't so tech savvy where they oh, can't get in and download those different files or not wanting to screw something up versus just taking what they get. Oh absolutely. So. And and I would say, you know, if you're paying fifteen cents a minute using like rev.ai, you are paying you're I mean that's the trade off. You know, that it's not as easy not saying it's super difficult, but it's not as easy to edit those as it would be if you pay a little bit more. Um, yeah. Okay, and I have another question, Wayne. Sure. <laughs> for these captioning services, is there, for people to speak with different accents or speak with maybe aren't as clear speakers, is there an option for them? Is there just more of an expensive option? Or is it? do you really need to be careful what you say and really enunciate your words for a captioning system to be able to pick that up? Well, it's super important when you are considering that you're going to have anything captioned um, that you enunciate. Um, and, and I mean, that's even just you're recording a video. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Um, that students are going to be watching. So you want to enunciate anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've definitely seen better results um, from any captioning service if you speak clearly and enunciate, okay. especially when it comes to terminology. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. As far as ac accents, though, that's a whole other ballgame because it really, it depends. I mean, the machine generated, I think, is going to have a much harder time with that. Um, so if that's a concern... Maybe try a cheaper one and see how well it does, okay. and then you know maybe upgrade if if it. It's, I don't know. You just kind of have to test that one, I think. Okay. Does that make sense, Mandy? Yeah, that was really helpful. Thank you. Good. I I'm wondering also if say somebody wanted to record a, a lecture that they would typically give in class. Would it be better to script that out and then upload the script for captioning instead of having the service, whatever you're using, do the captioning on the fly as you're talking? Is there Are there pros and cons to that? 
Um, I would say that if you are scripting out a video and making like a, like a pre-recorded video lecture where it's you're not in front of a class, there's no questions, uh, there's not going to be any questions from an audience, that sort of thing, um, then I think there, there are some ways that you can use that script that you've created, um, you know, such as attaching that as a transcript which is separate from, a, I mean, that's a different thing than a caption, um, than a caption mm -hmm. file, but attaching that as a transcript since it is word for word what you've said. Um, and, and that could be used, you know, in combination with the captioning. Um, and that's a, a place where maybe the automated captioning that's built into whatever service you're using um, might be good enough if you're including that, that transcript uh, as well. Uh, the transcript isn't going to necessarily... Um, you're not going to be able to as easily convert that to captions um, just because, again, the captioning, um, the ca a caption file includes those timestamps to, you know, so that you know when things are being said, where a transcript is, is not going to have that. Like, I, your, I mean, okay. your, your script, basically, isn't going to have that. Right. Yeah. Okay, and, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Wayne. Um, well, no, I did, did you have a question related to that or a statement? No. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, what I was going to say is that there's, there's a bunch of different caption file formats, um, but some of them are more commonly used than others. Um, so two of the ones that you, I've seen on just about every video service um, it are um, one called Subrip, uh, which is an, a .srt is the extension, and the other one is webvtt, which is dot, um, the extension of the file would be .vtt. Um, but that's another thing that you might want to consider when choosing a captioning service is where are you going to put the video? Uh, where are you going to place that video for the students or whoever is going to be watching it to see? Um, what file formats do they accept for those captions? Um, those two, SRT and VTT files, those are extremely common. Uh, but I have seen some other ones more recently um, show up, uh, such as one called um, Scenarist, which is a .scc file. And I think that one is directly related to um, Adobe, like Adobe Captivate maybe. But, um, but it, it does seem to be more gaining some popularity. Um, and then another one that is... Um, SAMI, S-A-M-I, and I don't, I haven't seen that one. Um, just in my research, I was seeing that that one was popping up quite a bit too. But I would say if you, you'd want to check where the video is going. If you're using like YouTube, for instance, um, SRT and VTT files are fine. It's going to take both of those um, as well as some others, but those are the two common ones. Uh, and then um, most services, I think, will take those, but it's just something that you want to, you want to keep an eye on when choosing who's hosting your video and the captioning service that you choose. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense, for sure. Good. So could you just kind of give me and our listeners um, an overview of things to consider when we're researching and choosing a caption service provider? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Basically, I mean, you want to, you're going to be thinking about your budget, obviously, how much money you have to spend on these videos you're going to create, 
Um, and that obviously uh, depends on how many videos you're going to be creating. Um, you know, if it's something where you're creating a, um, uh, you know, multiple three hour lectures per week, then it might end up being costly, you know, for you to caption all of those videos using one of the more expensive services um, versus typing out the captions. Um, that's something that should be mentioned as well, I think, is if you're using software like Camtasia, for instance, um, Camtasia can can do can try to pull some of like if you have a transcript or a script, it can try to pull that in and sync up the timestamps. Um, or another uh, thing you can do in Camtasia specifically is you can type out the captions. It has a nice tool for typing out your captions along with your video, and so it keeps those in sync. Um, but so budget is important to consider. Um, the jargon and terminology that Becky mentioned in things like, you know, um, courses related to like law or uh, some of those terms and law yeah. stuff. I, like I've never heard that word before. Um, <laughs> so law and health science and even, you know, uh, computer sciences, um, those kinds of things might be, um, if you're teaching a course like that and creating videos for something like that, um, that might be a place where that trade-off to pay a little bit more might be beneficial for you that you have to do less editing after the fact. So the, that terminology, if that's if that's important, um, would be the second thing I would consider. Um, the output file formats, um, again, as I mentioned, you know that you'd want to check your captioning service to see what formats they can export in, and the service you're going to be using to host the video and what uh, formats they can import in. Um, and then lastly, uh, turnaround time. How quickly do you need those videos? Uh, if you need them back right away, then and you're paying someone to a human to generate those captions, then you're going to be paying significantly more to get them back in a shorter time frame. So, um, so budget, turnaround time, terminology, and the file formats, I think, are the biggest things that you'd want to consider. Makes sense. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Did you have any other questions, Becky, or anything? I, I don't. I think that that really covered it really well. Mandy, do you have any other questions? I don't think so. This gave me some good things to think about. And um, we'll be sure to put the, some information about the different captioning services and file formats in the show notes so that our listeners can refer back to those as well. We, we, so we, thanks, guys. Yeah. For uh, all we, the great we, information. We should mention that the episode will also be captioned. So um, <laughs> because we've just talked about how important that is, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy.